Hello, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Wisconsin Law in Action, a podcast where we discuss new and forthcoming scholarship with University of Wisconsin Law School professors. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and my guest today is Professor Yaron Nilly, author of the new article, Successor CEOs. Thank you for joining me, Professor Nilly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about my project and uh, launch this podcast. It's exciting. Yes, this should be the first in a series of great podcasts, and thanks again for joining us. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Tell us about your research interests and work in general. Yeah, so I, I do um, um, very broadly work on corporate governance, um, how uh, corporations are managed and governed. But uh, more specifically, I think I have two uh, strands of, of uh, work. One is focused really on, on, on the board, the board of directors, the, the organ of the corporation that is supposed to um, uh, manage and direct it. And, and the other one is, is more focused on uh, shareholder voting and shareholder engagement with companies. Um, the project I'm going to talk to, to you guys about today is on the first strand, the one that deals with the board, and I have other work that deals with both composition, gender diversity, um, and um, other, other research related to directors. And, um, and that's a realm that is becoming uh, increasingly important in, the, in today's landscape, and I'm excited to... To, to talk about this specific project and also about some future research I have in the pipeline. Great, thank you again for coming. Uh, so what drew, drew you to this to explore this topic specifically? Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, so I've been looking at uh, various issues related to director independence and board independence. And, you know, as I was working on different projects, uh, one of the topics that um, investors seem to put a lot of emphasis into was the separation of the CEO, chair of the board roles. And that's something that has become increasingly more important to investors to talk about it. Uh, a lot of companies have moved and separated those roles. And um, I was curious to see exactly how this, um, how that process has transpired and what are the outcomes. And as I was looking at the data, I've kind of noticed um, an interesting uh, anecdotal um, examples of, of um, something that surprised me. And then I decided to dig a little bit deeper and um, you know, the, the results really kind of uh, brought the paper. It wasn't the case where I had an idea and, and, and then the paper came. It was kind of like the result of really kind of exploration of that specific topic. What kind of challenges or surprises did you encounter during the research or during the writing process? Yeah, so that's that's exactly what I was leading with. Uh, um, so I think the data surprised me in the sense of, um, so the, the key finding or what's the key, maybe the key observation of this project is that um, um, when we talk about separation of CEO and chair, I think most people, both in academia and in practice, um, tend to think about it as a way where you have a, a very powerful uh, CEO that also held, holds the, the chair position. Um, think about uh, Elon Musk or Tesla. And then um, at some point, investors um, are pushing the company to separate the roles. So the CEO has to give up the position of the chairperson of the board and they are bringing somebody else from the outside, an independent director, to serve as the chairman or chairwoman of the board, and the CEO stays in this place. And this is kind of like the traditional way to think about how separation of CEO and, and chairs uh, transpires. Um, what I found is that actually, in many cases, um, it's a little bit reversed. So instead of um, giving up the chair position, um, there are cases where the CEO actually gives the CEO position and remains as the chair of the board and brings a successful CEO to take her place. Um, so one of the examples I talk about in my research is Chipotle, for instance. So uh, Stephen Ellis, who was the founder and CEO of, of, of Chipotle, was also the chairperson of the board. 
And after the company started to struggle a little bit, he vacated the CEO position, remained as the chairman of the board, and brought um, an executive from uh, from Taco Bell, not Brian Nicole, to run the company for him. So that's what I'm talking about with the success of your CEO phenomenon, where we basically um, have a separation of the roles, but not in the traditional way we came to think about it. Mm, interesting. That, that is pretty surprising. That's not the way you normally think of these yeah, kind of things. Yeah, exactly. So would that be one of the key takeaways from this project, or what are some of the other ones? Yeah, so so once we observe this type of, of channel, and you know, it's it's not like the majority of cases, but it's a significant number of cases. I think in uh, in the paper I talk about 2016, uh, roughly 217 companies in the S&P 1500 had that structure where the CEO uh, departed the her or his position as CEO and remained as chair. So it's it's a relatively significant number of cases. Um, and if that is the case, then it raises a lot of questions. So if we are trying to get independence on the board and we're trying to um, have a structure where we have an independent director serves as the chairperson and then uh, the CEO and we have this kind of like um, checks and balances inside the boardroom, is that still truly holds when we have this uh, long-time CEO that then moves and remains as chair and brings somebody else to serve as CEO? Do we have that monitoring and, and independence function? Also, from a management perspective, is the new CEO, the incoming CEO, really free to manage the company as she sees fit, or um, is she still very much beholden to the person that appointed her as CEO, the departing CEO? So there are questions about both kind of like whether this is good from a, from a management perspective, and you can see the advantages too. So um, one of the things that I highlight in the project is often uh, CEOs tend to cling to their seat and they don't want to give it up, even if it's not for the best interest of the company. So if we give them an outlet where they can remain as, as chairman or chairperson, um, but give up the CEO position, that, that might be beneficial to companies, allowing them to bring fresh blood up the, the pipeline to serve as CEOs while um, allowing the structure to stay. And this is particularly important when you have a controlling shareholder who also serves as the CEO. I think Chipotle, for instance, with Stephen Ells, is the founder that allowed him to kind of like feel that he's still uh, um, getting an input on how his company is being run, but bringing a more seasoned or more contemporary management team to run the company in the day-to-day operations. Um, um, the problem is that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, that the independence factor is a concerning, um, 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 both from what inst- investors want and how it actually may transpire in practice. So if investors are just looking at companies that separated the roles, they might miss the fact that in many cases, the separation is not what you would expect. So you don't really have an independent share in place. You actually have ex-CEO who has been in the company for a long time and just now uh, trans- transformed from being a CEO to uh, being a, a chairperson. Um, and in reality, and, and I looked at the data a little bit, companies are actually not, um, um, uh, they, they, they classify uh, some of their uh, chairpersons are as independent, even though I wouldn't um, count them as one. So um, based on the uh, regulations that are currently in place, even if you are a CEO of the company for 25 years and then you left the position of CEO and became a chair, after three years of serving as chair, you can become uh, what um, you can you can be defined by the company as independent director, and that's something that I view as a problematic development. If companies have uh, long-time executives being defined as independent directors, that could be a little bit um, um, def- uh, deceiving or inappropriate designation. And, and I looked at the, at the data, and there is a big chunk of companies that actually do that. So they have um, 
successful CEO structures, and they call their um, um, CEO, ex-CEOs, chairs as independent directors, or independent chair, um, although they served in the company for a long, long time. That's great. It sounds like you made some really unique and powerful, even groundbreaking discoveries with while you're doing this research and looking at this data. Then, yeah, that was the hope. The hope, uh, you know, what, what I hope is that both investors will start paying more attention to the actual nuances of how the separation happens. There's two channels, and I think the focus was just on one. And my hope is that now that we know uh, about the significance of the second channel, investors can expect companies to uh, do better on, on the disclosure front and also be more aware of the fact that you know this is something that. Um, and I think that's like an important takeaway that is very nuanced. Um, I don't think I call um, or I have a, an objection to this route of successful CEO. I think it's a very useful and beneficial um, um, route for companies. We just need to be aware of its existence. And when it happens, we need to push companies to make sure that they have the proper um, independence in the boardroom to kind of counter the fact that we have a successful CEO structure. So for instance, I talk about the fact that if we have a company where they, uh, we have um, an ex-CEO serving as the chair, and we may want to have more defined responsibilities and powers for um, the independent directors and the, um, uh, the lead independent director, and more specifically, to counteract the concerns that might, we might have about the, um, um, the management um, skewedness of the board. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, it seems, it seems kind of silly to ask this, but now I want to know, what are you going to work on next? <laughs> yeah, so, you know... Um, as I said, I have uh, a few more projects um, that I'm working on. Um, one of them is in the uh, still in the context of, of um, um, the board and board composition. I'm working on um, directors that serve on multiple companies in the same industry. I call them horizontal directors. Um, and that has uh, very interesting implications, both from a corporate governance perspective and even more interestingly for me, from an antitrust perspective. So that's something that um, I'm kind of um, exploring right now and it's not my key research area, but uh, I have found that um, it's a very interesting project that involves two types of, of, of law that um, don't always interact with each other. Um, and then on the other side, on shareholder engagement and activism, I have this uh, very interesting project that I am cooperating with um, with a colleague named Kobe Castile. Uh, we termed the project as the market for votes. And we basically talk about the fact that uh, shareholder voting has developed so much that it created uh, a market force that can discipline uh, management in a way that um, we haven't really thought about uh, before. So that's more of a theoretical project that um, we're also very excited about. Well, I look forward to hearing more about it, and maybe we'll have you back on the podcast once those things come out. Then. I hope so. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> so where can people find out more about your work? Yeah, so everybody can uh, obviously go to SSRN and find my research there, and also um, on my uh, faculty webpage. Um, and, um, you know, if you're interested in uh, hearing more about uh, contemporary stuff that is happening, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is YNeely. Um, so I look forward to um, interacting with you on Twitter as well. Thank you all for joining us on Wisconsin Law in Action. We've been talking about corporate law with Professor Yaron Nelly. Thank you again for joining us, Professor Thank you, Nelly. Chris. Be sure to watch for his new article, Successor CEOs, which just came out earlier this year in the Boston University Law Review. A link to the paper's SSRN page, along with Professor Nelly's Twitter handle, will be posted along with this podcast at wilawinaction.law.wic.edu. You can subscribe to the Wisconsin Law in Action podcast on the Apple iTunes Store, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Find our full archive at wilawinaction.law.wisc.edu. 
Thank you for listening, and join us next time as we turn our attention to the world of intellectual property with Professor B.J. Ard. See you then, and happy researching.